starting the recording. We are continuing this discussion on the dynamics of malchus, of sovereignty, in the highest spiritual world, the world of atzilus, the world that's an emanation, an evolution from God himself. And today we're taking this paradigm concept and we're applying it to the difference between Torah, the study of God's law, and fulfilling the commandments. Kabbalistically, it's explained that the commandments originate in sovereignty, in malchus, in the final hey of God's four-letter name. Taira is higher. Taira is in the emotional attributes, the six emotional attributes corresponding to the vav of the four-letter name of God. So we see from this that Taira is seemingly higher. Taira is the six emotions. And commandments is the final tenth attribute, sovereignty. But we've already learned that sovereignty is very special. So if we probe a little deeper, if we look higher, not how Tyre and the commandments are in their revealed state in the ten divine attributes, but if we go to the crown of the attributes, which we discussed yesterday, the Kesser, the crown, we find that actually it's inverted that the commandments are higher than Torah because the commandments are in the, what's called Kabbalistically, Kabbalistically the Gugusa. Gugusa, sorry. The skull. A skull encompasses the brain. The whiteness of the skull, which is the white symbolizes kindness. So the kindness of the skull in the level of the crown hovering above the ten divine attributes, while the Torah is found at a lower level. It's found in the intellect, in the crown. It's even higher than the intellect. It's in the concealed intellect within the crown. So if we're looking at these two things, a skull, an intellect, if you can envision a human brain, the skull, feel your bones, are surrounding the brain matter. The brain matter is within the skull matter. So if Tyra is on the level of the concealed highest intellect and the commandments are enrooted in the skull which encompasses the intellect, even the concealed intellect, that means that in this level of origin, in their source, Commandments are rooted higher than Torah. Commandments are in the skull, which surround the intellect, even the concealed intellect, which is the roots of Torah. So why is this so? Why is it that when we go all the way back to the source, the crown above the ten divine attributes, commandments are rooted higher than Torah? But if we look at their manifestation in the ten divine attributes, Tyra is higher than the commandment. So to understand this, the Rebbe says it's like an inverted seal. In other words, if you have the stamp of an engraved seal, it's leaving an impression which is exactly the opposite of itself. Right is left, left is right, what protrudes indents, what was indented protrudes. So the protruding, the superior level of the commandment, 
in the crown descended to become indented, to become lower. And the indented, so to speak, lower level of Tyra descended, like this seal, to be protruding, to be on a loftier level. And of course, this connects back to what we said yesterday about the beginnings wedged in the end, because the beginning, the superior level of the crown, the commandments, the commandments, which are in the skull of the crown, is wedged in the end. The end is the divine attribute of sovereignty of Malchus. As we explained, there in Malchus and sovereignty is God's, uniquely God's ability to create. And that is connected to the commandments because commandments are an expression of creation. Meaning Tyra is a more spiritual, ethereal experience. But commandments mean there's a person, there's a being that feels separate from God, but nullifies himself to God through the performance of commandments primarily involving physicality. So here's a person who seems separate, creation, something emanating from sovereignty, doing an act which seems separate, something emanating from sovereignty, primarily with physical substances, more things emanating from creation, from sovereignty. So the whole domain of commandment is intrinsically linked with sovereignty as truly through the commandments we have the ultimate purpose of creation being actualized. That things that seem separate are utilizing things, physicality, that seem separate and thereby nullifying themselves and willingly choosing to submit to God's authority for God to be king, as we explained yesterday. In sovereignty is God's kingship, because in sovereignty, where things are created, where things that seem separate are created, you have the possibility of being a king over your children. You're not a king. Only over things, much lower than you, much remote from you, separate from you, can you be a king. So the commandments are what enable God to be a king, and that's why they are found in sovereignty, exactly where they should be. So our sages bring this out in the Talmud Yerushalmi. When they speak of one of the sages, Reb Shimon, who was saying, Reb Shimon was saying that he would not stop Tyra study to pray the Shema prayer. So they would say, hmm, well, Shema is a commandment. So I guess the same way he wouldn't stop Tyra study to say the Shema prayer, he wouldn't stop Tyra study to do any other commandment. And they say, but wait a minute. That's not true, because surely Reb Simon stops Torah study for the performance of practical commandments at their proper time. As for example, giving a very timely example, to fulfill the commandment of Lulav. That's a physical commandment with a physical object in limited time-bound commandment. So would Reb Shimon stop Torah study for the Lulav? Yes, he would. Would Reb Shimon stop Torah study for the Shema prayer? No, he wouldn't. Because specifically in the physical, this is the purpose. This is where God's will is actualized. And that has supremacy over Torah study. 
And then the Talmud Yerushalmi continues, whoever learns with the intention not to practice, it were better for him had his afterbirth turned over. And, of course, then the child will not survive. So it's a sort of picturesque way to say it. Why didn't the Talmud say, hmm, if you study without the intention to practice, that he should never have been born? Why did it say better that your afterbirth turned over? It's not just picturesque language. It's actually very precise. The afterbirth is the first thing formed by the seminal drop. Until the 40th day, when the embryo begins to take form, the afterbirth is the essence substance of the embryo. So the afterbirth is first, and the afterbirth is the essence nutrient, and the afterbirth comes out last. Oh, a perfect analogy for commandments. Commandments are rooted higher. Remember, there's the skull in God's crown, and yet they come out lower. They're only expressed in the tenth and final divine attribute of sovereignty. So just as the afterbirth is formed first, is the essence source, and is expelled after, so two commandments originate first and yet emerge later. So someone who studies without the intent to do the commandments, this is like the afterbirth should have choked him because you're missing the entire point. 